a tax cut for middle-class families. A tax cut. We never have an argument when we talk about it with the wealthy. This is a tax cut. It changes the lives of the American people. Welcome to the Buff Show, 94.9 FM, AM 950, The Answer Orlando. Matt Buff, your host. Great to be with you in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Come see us live at the Lake Eola Amphitheater for the Black Robe Regiment Revival this Saturday, the 30th, from 5 to 8 p.m. Lots of great speakers. You're going to have a great time. More information at thebuffshow.com, where you can also find past interviews, podcasts, and more. So big, big news day on this 222 Tuesday. Joe Biden earlier today sitting at a fake desk with a fake backdrop, doing a virtual call with some sultan and an 80-inch monitor, and he's still selling this so-called Build Back Better plan. They, they want to get this thing done by Halloween because it's so scary what's in it. So we got to break this down. Nobody better to join us on The Buff Show than Pete Sepp, president of the National Taxpayers Union. Pete, great to have you on The Buff Show. Hey, thanks so much. Well, we got a lot to cover here. Um, we know this plan has moved around from trillion to this trillion to that trillion. And uh, also Joe Manchin went to visit. I guess Kristen Cinema wasn't invited, went to visit Biden and Schumer. Got, I mean, did Biden have a teleprompter for that in-person meeting, do you think? Yeah, quite possibly so. And of course, we keep guessing as to what the details of this plan will be. And here's the real problem with all of this process. Once the deal is made, the leadership in the House and Senate in the Democratic Party will rush this to a vote because they know they can't afford all of the rigmarole of hearings and more criticisms to pick the package apart from members of their own party. And so we kind of are, have a joke around the office here. Uh, Senator Schumer, who's the majority leader over there, said, well, we have three or four more details to iron out. And we're saying, yeah, what will the package contain? How much will it cost? Will it pass? And how will we pay for it? I mean, these are the kinds of details that they continue going back and forth on. And we need to be very concerned about them because even if the price tag appears to be going down, those appearances can be deceiving. Well, Biden himself said that we'll just add the rest later and reconfirmed that. Nancy Pelosi asked the media to sell it and the Republicans are being left out of negotiations. But to me, Pete, I think that's a good thing because if if they're not, don't have their fingerprints on any of this, I think that's good for them. Isn't, isn't that true? Well, they'll be able to say, don't blame us. We sure didn't vote for this package. And I think the American people will blame Democrats if this package passes, even if it's a slimmed down package. I haven't seen any indication, for example, that the vaping and tobacco taxes are going to be jettisoned. 
That's a middle class tax hike if they stay in the package. No indication that the methane fee on natural gas producers is going to be set aside. Well, if that stays in the package, middle class tax hike on home heating and electric bills. If the corporate income tax goes, but other provisions for a minimum tax, a so-called book tax, uh, they stay in, well, that's still going to be a tax hike on businesses. And guess who pays for that in the end, at least partially? Workers in the form of lower wages, consumers in the form of higher prices, and shareholders, people who have IRAs invested in these companies. So this is a middle class tax hike, no matter how it is sold, unless they do something dramatically different with this package. I don't see that happening. Well, they're saying quite the opposite. Even at the speech yesterday in front of the Amtrak station where Biden repeated the same lie about the, uh, the uh, Amtrak agent for the fifth time, record five times for a lying story. But he said this is a middle tax. Uh, he did it in the weird whisper. I'm not going to do that to scare our audience. But he said it's a middle tax, uh, tax cut, a middle class tax cut. That's not possible. When you look at, let's just start with the uh, methane that you mentioned, the methane restrictions on energy extraction. It's going to make it even costlier to fill up the gas tanks and heat the homes. And this is right when most of the country starting to cool off. Yeah, exactly. And that's a threat. The new tobacco and vaping taxes are a threat. The new corporate taxes, even if the actual rate increase gets tossed, other provisions in there probably won't. There's talk of a new wealth tax. Well, that's going to immediately affect the middle class in one way, not necessarily directly, but when you start to look at the amount of IRS budget money, the increase that's going to be needed to enforce that tax increase, there's going to be more money for the IRS to do a lot of other mischievous things in this budget plan. That includes snooping on many people's bank accounts. It also includes a lot more money for enforcement agents. They're not just going to be enforcing the wealth tax. They're going to be coming after small businesses across America. Small businesses is right. The backbone of America. But when you talk about the snooping of the IRS. Let's let's stay on that one for just a second before we jump into the billionaires tax. When when they were talking about the six hundred dollars, right? They got so much pushback they changed it to ten thousand. Pete, you're telling me we're on with Pete Sepp, president of the National Taxpayers Union. You're telling me that if they could have got away with snooping on people with six hundred dollars in their bank account, they certainly would have. Yeah, they would have. And the interesting part of this is how much the revenues drop when they start limiting the threshold there. They've, they've actually raised it to $10,000 of annual inflow and outflow in a bank account. Well, almost everybody still has that kind of inflow and outflow just with their paychecks. Now Democrats are saying, okay, okay, we'll exempt paychecks from this $10,000 calculation that allows us to snoop in your bank accounts. Well, what about your rent? What about your mortgage? That could generate $10,000 of churn a year. And they say, okay, okay, we'll exempt major purchases, but we promise not to look at particular transactions in your account. So wait a minute, how can you exempt major purchases if you don't know what they are? 
they're obviously going to have to look at the transactions in your bank account just to exempt you from the snooping requirement. It's kind of a circular argument that they're making, and it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. When they snoop, what are they looking for? Because typically when a business or an individual files their taxes, they go through a program to make sure everything's on the up and up, and then they hit submit. What in the world are they snooping for in the IRS to make sure that they're claiming what they're going to claim in the future or quarterly? What are they snooping for? Well, they claim that they'll be able to detect patterns of tax evasion by looking at movement of cash in and out of bank accounts. It's one thing to be able to monitor your investments, your paychecks. Those are reported through W-2s and 1099s. But what happens if, for example, you're taking cash from an illegal source and depositing it in your bank account? Well, a lot of people would say, wait a minute. Uh, that's under suspicious transactions that are already reported. And isn't there the Foreign Bank Account uh, Regulation and Registration Act that uh, people have to follow? Yeah, you're right. And so once again, you have to wonder, what is the reason for access to all of this information? I think it's because the IRS hopes to fine-tune its auditing strategies. But with this much data on this many people, I think we can all be forgiven for wondering if this isn't just going to be a giant dragnet that will presume all of us guilty of some kind of tax crime that we have to prove ourselves innocent of. And a lot of people can't afford to do that. They're intimidated by the IRS. That's the whole reason why you limit the powers of the tax agency or any law enforcement agency. You know, this argument that, well, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. Nonsense. I've seen small business owners say, I know I'm right in this tax dispute with the IRS, but I can't afford the time and money to fight them over three, $5,000. I'll just pay the bill and be done with it. It happens a lot, and it will happen a lot more if this new reporting requirement goes through. This almost reminds me on a wider scale of about 10 years ago when Lois Lerner and the IRS were spying on conservative groups and using the IRS to harm uh, conservative groups out there, asking questions like, uh, do you pray before meetings and stuff like that? It seems very intrusive, only this time it's hitting wide range of Americans instead of just certain groups. Yeah, I'm afraid so. And I get the fact that a lot of this has been overhyped, perhaps spun to be a bit more of a threat than rational people would want to understand and explain it. Okay, fine. But taking this back a bit and just saying, let's look at this proposal rationally, even when you do that, this is a tremendous amount of information in the hands of an agency that has been proven not only to mismanage that information, being subject to data breaches and identity theft, but also to misuse that information against people who are entirely innocent of tax crimes or who have made honest mistakes on their tax returns. That's the fear here, that the taxpayer protections my organization has worked hard for over the better part of 40 years now, five separate pieces of legislation that passed with bipartisan margins, massive ones, 
all of that could be undermined if the IRS is just given an 80 or $100 billion budget increase over 10 years and told, go get them. They're not just going to go after rich people. History shows that. It's very troubling. And we're just getting started on what's in this thing. I want, if it's okay, Pete, stay with us for another segment here. We definitely got to jump into this about the changing trillions and what's in the bill, which is very difficult to see. As Nancy Pelosi says, you got to pass it to see what's in it. What they're selling is a lie. So we got to dig into that more on the Buff Show. You guys stay with us. We'll be right back right here on the Buff Show. On Saturday, October 30th, join Christians from all over Florida for the revival event of the year. The Black Robe Regiment is restoring faith and a fighting spirit in America. Be part of this new movement in an evening filled with inspiring music and powerful speakers, including Jenny Frederickson, pastor at Church of the Savior in Orlando, Florida, U.S. Senate candidate Luis Miguel, U.S. House candidate Tayeri Apia, Florida House candidate Drake Words, and U.S. House candidate Willie Montague. The event runs from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, October 30th at the Lake Eola Amphitheater in Orlando. Admission is free. Contact The Buff Show at info at thebuffshow.com for more information. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines. Two dollars off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Tonight, half pound burgers for just five bucks. Wednesday's wing night, 75 cents each from four to close and live music. Liam Fitzpatrick's mentioned the Buff Show and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. Welcome back to the Buff Show on 94.9 FM, AM 950, The Anso Orlando. My Buff, your host in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. We're also streaming on Facebook.com slash The Buff Show Orlando, Twitter, and Twitch. Catch us also on Rumble, YouTube. Yes, the YouTube channel is back for The Buff Show. Not too shabby there. We're going to jump right into our conversation back with Pete Sepp, president of the National Taxpayers Union. Pete, we've only touched a few on a few of these things in the first segment when it comes to the IRS snooping. Let's start with the billionaire's wealth tax. They, that's what this is. If you guys remember Elizabeth Warren on the campaign trail, this is her contribution to the plan. She wanted the wealth and death and all these other taxes on what she calls the super rich. Yes. Upwards of, uh, uh, let's just, just dump into this because the numbers are astounding. Yeah, they are. And it's hard to tell exactly what direction this plan will take. There's Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax proposal, which would have essentially, uh, her proposal has changed a bit over time, but basically it's aimed at a 1% to 3% levy on wealth as characterized by real estate, financial assets, things like art and jewelry. If it's $50 million or more, it's subject to a 1% tax roughly, and it graduates going up if you have more and more wealth. Well, that would function almost like uh, an annual property assessment on everybody affected by it. And the tremendous enforcement apparatus you need for a tax like that at the federal level would require a lot of money. In fact, Warren's proposal for her wealth tax 
called for a $100 billion increase in the IRS budget over 10 years, $70 billion of it devoted to enforcement and compliance of this wealth tax alone. I mean, when you think about it, it would be like going to places where folks might actually have to pay this tax and saying, okay, IRS here, we want you to value everything hanging on your wall, everything hanging in, uh, or everything in your jewelry box, the cars in your garage, the, the house you're in, any land you own, any business interests you own, very tricky thing to try and value, on top of all of your basic financial assets, which we already track. Well, that's a tremendously burdensome process, not only for the taxpayer, but for the government. Maybe this is the proposal they are considering, but there are a lot of news reports indicating it's going to be something narrower than that, just a tax on unrealized capital gains on publicly traded securities like stocks and bonds. Well, that has constitutional questions of its own. How do you tax something when there's no taxable event? You're not selling anything, you're not earning income, but this proposal would say, we don't care about that. We want you to declare a value of your stock as if you were going to sell it at a given point this year, use what's called mark-to-market accounting and pay a tax on it, whether you sell an asset or not. And they say, well, this will only apply to billionaires or people with income churn of 100 million a year. Okay, fine, but wherever you set the threshold, it can always be adjusted downward. And you also have this trickle down effect. Tax a billionaire sounds like a great idea, but what are they gonna do? They're going to transfer their money offshore and their business offshore. That affects people with jobs in the middle class. It also affects middle class investors because the value of their stocks could go down as wealthy people dump them rather than worry about paying this tax. So this can also cause super, what they call super inflation on the American people as more money goes overseas and they're being taxed to their eyeballs. Those do trickle down when it comes to billionaires and millionaires and business owners because they have to recoup those prices, especially the ones that don't go offshore with money. Yeah, exactly. So what we have here is a problem that's going to affect everyone in a negative way. This is what has uh, already started. The fear of this has already affected inflation and super inflation. This... $3.5 trillion tax and spend plan, they got it down to under $2 trillion, which is still a truckload of money. Now, this includes what they call cost savers, like scraping, uh, scrapping the free community college and the clean electric program. So they took away the one thing they really campaigned on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and some of the Green New Deal. But what is in here that scares you the most besides the IRS snooping and the billionaires tax? Well, I would say the middle class tax increases we discussed recently. I would say some of the expansions of things like Medicaid and uh, the provision of additional Medicare benefits as well as cementing more of the Affordable Care Act, aka Obamacare, into law. 
And what they're doing here as well is using gimmicks to do all of this. They say, okay, this is going to be, pick a number, one and a half trillion, two trillion dollars of additional expense over uh, 10 years. But we're only going to provide these freebies, these new benefits for two years of the 10 and come back and revisit this later. Well, what they're trying to do there is hide the true price tag. They say that this bill has been trimmed back massively. They've only really taken a few bites here and there. The programs you mentioned like Free Community College will probably be jettisoned, but they're gonna keep the other core benefits and only pay for them for part of the 10 year life of this bill. And they're counting on the fact that no one's gonna be looking when they come back two, four, five years from now and just extend those benefits. And people will not notice that the price tag of the bill promised at a trillion or $2 trillion is now twice that much. That's a bad gimmick. And when we consider the fact that suppose we don't even have a single tax increase in this bill and they just decide to do what a lot of politicians on both sides of the aisle do, borrow the money. Well, that's still going to contribute to inflation, which many folks describe as a tax on the middle class. It works like one, even if it isn't directly a tax because it's eroding the value of the money we earn just as if they assessed a tax on it. I know for uh, some, this is just very troubling on the tax numbers, but there's pet projects in here, like 200 million to a park in Nancy Pelosi's district. There's all kinds of, what are, what are there little things like that do you know about? Well, there is a uh, civilian climate corps, uh, sort of a take on the civilian conservation corps of the old New Deal. It's called the Green New Deal after all, and they obviously want money for that. That's going to be a, a very questionable use of tax dollars, considering that political activism is one of the primary purposes of this new entity. So I'd be really worried about that. Um, under almost any circumstance, the tax agency is going to get a big budget boost. That's going to affect a lot of folks. Uh, we also have all kinds of uh, Green New Deal programs that uh, may not be as expansive as, for example, requiring all of us to ditch our cars by the year 2030 for some other kind of clean burning vehicle. But they're doing what's called incrementalism for their agenda. And the left is very good at this. Uh, conservatives often aren't. They'll take a quarter of a loaf knowing that uh, sooner or later they'll be able to devour the other three quarters of a loaf when no one's watching. Oh my goodness. The, the climate police, uh, we always joked about that, but here they come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And wherever you stand on the issue of climate change, and I happen to think it's, it is a genuine issue. Why are we spending so much money on this in a way that's going to be coercive? You know, all of the gains we've made toward cleaner energy have primarily been due to private sector discoveries, sometimes in partnership with government-funded research, but generally it's the private sector developing things that actually make sense, that people will actually want to buy, that uh, are environmentally beneficial. So why not let that happen? 
yeah, let the free market work. This bill doesn't do that. And is there some, in, well, before you, before we continue real quick, when it comes to climate change, no, like you said, no matter where you stand on the issue, you can spend all the, all the stuff you want and money and you want in America. But if India and China aren't doing anything at all, nothing you spend will make a difference. The Paris Climate Accord doesn't make a difference. It doesn't do anything to slow whatever your belief is on climate change. If if China's still doing what they're doing and India's still doing what they're doing, it's pretty much fruitless. <laughs> well, that's a major problem. And of course, we still have a whole lot of taxpayer expenditures that are contributing to the problem. You know, we're not building stronger structures, uh, government uh, buildings uh, don't stand up to the weather the way they should. You know, those kinds of things uh, ought to be common sense, but we're not doing them. Instead, we're focusing on these pie-in-the-sky programs. Yeah, we are. I mean, as you go through the whole entire thing, it really, on all the points we hit, on all the points you brought today, nine out of ten of them hit the American people right in the pocket. It does. Uh, and Again, I, I'd just like to stress, if we were not talking about a single tax increase to pay for this package today, and they were simply borrowing the money, we'd still be in trouble here. The national debt is climbing toward $30 trillion. You know, it, it, there are a lot of numbers we can get into, but the biggest one to understand right now is that we are borrowing in excess of 140% of our annual economic output. That is a real danger sign. Most studies show by economists that once you borrow more than 90% of your annual economic output, uh, you're probably slowing economic growth into the future for years, if not generations. Look how far we are above that 90% borrowing threshold now, and look where we will be if we keep passing spending bills like these. Well, this is the wrong time for this, not just based on those those numbers you mentioned, but the fact that we're just coming out of serious lockdowns across the country. The economy is kind of tender right now, and it's only working because people are going back to work. They're not creating jobs. They're going back out there and going back to work. Yes. And, and it's just a, a very tem uh, temperamental situation we have right now to throw this kind of money when you can't afford it. On a on an economy that's pretty weak right now, it seems like a bad idea. That's right. We're just crawling out of the pandemic recession. I mean, officially, according to economists, the recession ended well last year, long time ago. But we yeah. all know, all of us know that the economy is pretty soft, and we're all uncertain about the future here. Why make that uncertainty worse with a gigantic package like this of borrowing and tax increases? Doesn't make any sense, but they have to. They feel like they have to get a win for the left wing of their party before the midterms. That's it. It's not about helping the American people. It's about staying in power. Yeah. Pete Sepp, president of the National Taxpayers Union. Thank you so much for this awesome breakdown on The Buff Show. Absolutely. And by all means, all of you, please take a look at our website, ntu.org. There's lots of good information there on how you can get involved. We'll put the links on thebuffshow.com, ntu.org, National Taxpayers Union. Pete, thanks so much. Have a great day and let's reconnect after whatever happens this weekend. <laughs> Absolutely.
All right, we'll be right back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Since 2012, Cellular Tronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair and electronics repair. We fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. We also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up, back covers are only $120. We have two locations to serve you in Sanford and DeBerry. Visit Cellulartronics.com or call 407-302-3396. That's Cellulartronics.com or 407-302-3396. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. A family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Six Hour, Smith & Wesson and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses and force on force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full time gunsmith on site, Coding services, laser engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000, 407-309-3000, and at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Welcome back to the Buff Show, 94.9 FM, AM 950, the Ansel Lando map of your host in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Great to be back with you on this Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. We're going to go, now, I live in District 7 here in Central Florida, but there's another District 7 I want to talk about that. That is going to be up in New Jersey. Let's talk to that candidate because we got to be taking back the house all over the country. Rick Mattett, great, great to have you on the Buff Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Matt, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So you're running up there in New Jersey where there's, you know, corruption here and there. Down in Florida, we hear about it. And the candidate you're running against, man, seems like he uh, was one of many people to do some nefarious things with some COVID cash. Yeah, that's right. You know, we have New Jersey is always notoriously known as a state of corruption. In fact, when they did a survey, the top two reasons why more people are moving out of New Jersey and probably to Florida is because of taxes. And number two is corruption. And we just have dead hand control in our state legislator, uh, dead hand control and federal representation. And we need non-career politicians, authentic leaders to get to Washington to represent our interest. And Matt, that's why I'm running. You know, I've, I've been successful, done a lot, uh, but now it's time to give back to the people, the people that have been underrepresented. And, and my opponent, Tom Malinowski, is the epitome. He is the definition of a corrupt politician. This man made profits millions of dollars of profit off of pandemic insider information as a sitting congressman. It's, it's ridiculous. These are the kind of guys that need to go. How does he get away with this? Because it's documented. It has to be when you're talking about numbers and money. How does he, how does he get away with this? If he was a well, Republican, he'd be locked up by now. You know, that's right. I mean, we have to hold our um, elected officials to a higher standard. Me and you, average you know, Joe citizens, we would be locked up. There is an ethics, House Ethics Commission that's currently investigating him. But I'll tell you, the bureaucracy and the process, I mean, they're quicker to, to institute vaccine mandates before they are trying to lock up a guy and kick him out of office for actually profiteering off of insider information of 
off the pandemic. So uh, it, it is, it's gotten to a point where it's disgusting, but you know what? The people are waking up, they're seeing it. And this is bipartisan. I mean, this is not a Republican or a Democrat thing. These are just, hey, you know, average citizens, the people that I talk to every day, up and down when I'm campaigning, they just want authentic leadership. They want to get back to living a normal life again. Uh, they want people who are going to go up there, do their job and represent them and not use it as a way to build their careers off the backs of the people here in New Jersey. Well, yeah, that's what we want. We need good, strong conservatives like yourself. But your background is pretty amazing. Biotech entrepreneur, uh, healthcare policy expert. You're also a licensed attorney and pharmacist. And um, you were a safety officer of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. We could have really used somebody like you when it comes to the COVID task force, I'll be honest with you. What do you think about Fauci and the way they're handling this? Yeah, I'm surprised that Fauci's still holding his uh, position. You know, Fauci, and I said this actually last year, that he should have been fired. I mean, there was clear and concise evidence that Fauci authorized the gain of function research, which simply means most viruses lose function over time. To actually gain function, become more potent or more stronger, means you've done something man-made to it. And it was clear as day. I mean, it came from the Wuhan Institute where he authorized NIH funding. I mean, you can't get any more corrupt than that. I mean, borderline treason, the man should be arrested, not just fired. And uh, it's just surprising that they've let him continue in his position. Uh, it's it's just it's it's devastating. But you know what? When I get to Congress and that was one of my first acts, I said even last year is that we need to call Fauci to Congress, have investigations. I'll tell you what. Now, and I'll give you know the listeners a little hint. Ask for what they call the periodic reports from the NIH on the grant fronts. This is what Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul has been saying. He's like, let's see what the documents say on terms of your periodic reports. And you'll probably see a continuous pattern on a gain of function. But you know when when you put in a FOIA request, you know what they say? They say this is a matter of national security or they hide it from the public. And, uh, you know, we need more transparency. It's the only way we're going to root out all of this corruption. They're just trying to protect Fauci because this week we saw some reporting come out that the NIH actually admitted that the, they were funded for gain of function research in that lab. And they were also killing beagles, little puppy dog beagles to test out on things like that. I mean, we can understand the rats, but beagles are cool, man. What is, and Fauci funded <laughs> it all. That's why the FOIA requests are being denied because they don't want that stuff to get out about him. Yeah, 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 you know, I'm, I'm chuckling, but really, it is sad. It is absolutely sad. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a dog lover myself, but you know, it's just disgusting. And when you actually open the hood and start to peel back, but let me tell you something. I mean, these are administrative agencies, and as a health law professor, uh, someone who teaches health law at at Georgetown, and I can tell you, you know, we need to hold these people. Think that they're beyond the political process. When I serve in Congress, I'm going to be serving the people. I'm held to the political process. I report to the people. These guys think they're above the people. That's why we need to hold them even more accountable. We can't let this so-called fourth branch of government go unchecked. And when I get to Congress, we're going to make sure they're accountable to Congress. And I think more Republicans and Democrats alike and conservatives in general should be stepping up and saying, I'm funding you, my taxpayer money, the people that are paying taxes to fund your salary demand answers to this. They got to be held accountable. When I get to Congress, that's exactly what we're going to be working on. We're going to call them to Congress. We're going to have investigations uh, and we're going to hold and make sure that they answer to the people. 
they they have to be held accountable because they would impeach Trump for nothing for a phone call. They would try to get him. They tried to get him twice in office. Then they tried to get him when he left office for something he had nothing to do with. I mean, it's just unbelievable how they rail against uh, rail against Republicans. We need Republicans to go in there and hold these Democrats accountable for the corruption that they are doing that you can prove. <clears throat> You're like me. Uh, I know you weren't chuckling about the dogs, but when you when you hear something so silly, sometimes it just makes you laugh, even though it's depraved and depressing, just because you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe how ridiculous that is. Like Joe Biden standing in front of the bridge over there in New Jersey. The, we broke down this big spending plan in the last segment with the tax specialists. But what are your take on this massive spending? And they used New Jersey as a prop. I mean, you guys aren't going to see any major, any major anything from this. <laughs> I mean, listen, New Jersey has always been a donor state. That means we get less money back from the federal government than we send to fund the rest of the states. OK, so already we're already set back. Joe Biden can come up and visit New Jersey, but has he even been to the southern border? I mean, where's his administration when we have an influx of illegal immigration and true human rights? I mean, my heart breaks when you hear these stories about these families, these children being separated. And I got to tell you, Matt, you know, I got a lot of titles. I have two doctoral degrees, but the two that I'm most proud of is being a husband and a father. And as a father of three boys, I could tell you it's disgusting what's going on at the southern border. You know, what business does he have being in Jersey? I mean, you know, honestly, get the hell out of Jersey. You know, you don't belong here. Uh, we don't want you here. And uh, we're already fighting our own issues and our own, you know, uh, overreaching government and our overreaching governor. And let me tell you another example. We just had Project Veritas come in, right? He, the, one of the journalists, investigative reporters, just met with one of the senior advisors of our governor's chief of staff who said they already have a rollout plan for mandatory vaccinations after the election. Now, if that's not hypocrisy, I don't know what is. It's like if, if mandatory vaccination is so important, why are you waiting after the election? The truth is it's the hypocrisy that's killing all of us because it just goes to show that you don't actually need mandatory vaccinations to achieve your public health goals. So these guys have already written an agenda. They've already produced, you know, documents and, and we've blown the blown the lid on it. And we got a very competitive governor's race coming up here in New Jersey uh, in, a, in next week, actually, next Tuesday. Uh, so, in, you know, look, listen, I know a lot of uh, a lot of people that have left New Jersey to go to Florida. So I encourage anyone who's in Florida that's from Jersey. Hey, pay attention. You know, this is important. Yeah. Well, and we do we we appreciate people coming here, but you know, if you're voting Democrat, you can stay in New Jersey. We don't want you. <laughs> don't New Jersey off Florida. That's all yeah. we ask. And uh, I was joking with some candidates down here and saying, "Hey, you know, if they're registered Democrat, can we just not allow them to vote when they move here?" Right, right, right. <laughs> but that's that's not constitutional. We follow the Constitution, unlike a lot of the liberals. When you talk about vaccine mandates, for crying out loud. That's against like uh, <clears throat> the 15th Amendment, uh, the 26th Amendment. I mean, there's so many amendments that it's against, and yet they're still trying to push it just to see if it passes legal muster. What's better than a vaccine is going to a college football game because those guys are coming out just fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I, I got to tell you, it's unprecedented. And so they talk about vaccines very broadly, like, you know, just go get vaccinated and they're going to mandate vaccinations. The truth is there's only one vaccine that has FDA approval. So they're already skirting. I mean, never in the history 
of our country have we ever said, let's mandate the use of something that's not FDA approved, you know, under emergency use authorization. In fact, today, today being Tuesday, October 26th, there is a key FDA advisory committee going on right now to talk about expanding the emergency use authorization of children five and up. Yeah. And already the governor of California, the governor of New Jersey are already talking about mandating vaccination of something that doesn't even have FDA approval. Now, you go on the FDA website, it says it clear as day, emergency authorization allows for an exemption to the FDA approval process to expand the use of an investigational new drug or an investigational biologic. So that's scary, you know, in the sense that you've basically, by mandating the use of something that's still under investigation, you've taken the parents out of the equation, the doctors out of the equation. You know, why aren't we trusting doctors and nurses' clinical judgment and allowing for a top-down bureaucratic approach to uh, trying to achieve this public health goal when the truth is there's many ways to do this. And what they've done right now is unprecedented, unethical, and uh, frankly, unconstitutional. Yeah, that's right. Emergency use should mean that there's no other treatments available. That's what the law says. And since there are other treatments, we have monoclonal treatments down here in Florida, which has reduced hospitalizations by 90%. I mean, the masks are off, the social distancing is done, the schools are open, the businesses are open, the hospitals have plenty of room. And what people should be promoting across the country is monoclonal treatments. If you're feeling symptoms, you can go get that fixed and remain uh, very healthy two days after. It's been working wonders for people. So hopefully you guys can start promoting some other things besides masks and vaccines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we got to look at treatment options and the whole spectrum. And my position is, listen, let the physician-patient relationship be there. If vaccine is for you, God bless you, go get it. Do what's best for you. Don't let the yeah. government decide for you what you need because you're right, treatments work. Um, you know, vaccines work, but go talk to your doctor, go talk to your nurse first. Don't let any governor tell you otherwise. Don't let the schools, the state administration. So, you know, New Jersey has a lot of things we need to fix. And that's why I'm excited to run for office because we're going to get up there and we're going to start fixing things. You know, these are just common sense policy approaches. What we don't need are more bureaucratic career politicians. And we got too many of them, both on the Republican and the Democrat side. We need people who are just authentic leaders that want to come up and do the right thing. I mean, I got to tell you, Matt, when my father came to this country 52 years ago, he only had $100 in his pocket. For us, it's always been hard work uh, and achieving the American dream. You know, we didn't we couldn't rely on handouts uh, and we came from humble beginnings. So my story is really like every every person's story in Jersey. I mean, we are a state of immigrants. Uh, we are a state of those that work hard, that come to America to live the American dream. And that American dream is being crushed by these bureaucratic politicians. So we're going to put an end to it. I'm really excited about it. And 2022 is going to be a big year for New Jersey. So actually, I'll encourage everyone in Florida that's from New Jersey to move back because we're, we're doing some exciting things up in Jersey. Yeah, that's right. And tell your family members in New Jersey to check out Rick for NJ. That's R-I-K. F-O-R-N-J, rickforNJ.com, and follow him on Twitter. The Buff Show is about to at, at Rick Meta, R-I-K-M-E-H-T-A underscore New Jersey. And I just hit the follow button there. So it's great to have you on the program, and we're going to be rooting for you. We're going to put you on our website, too. You're, you're very exciting to talk to, and good luck in the campaign. Thanks, Matt. It's always a pleasure. Looking forward to it. All right. 
We'll be right back right here on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionplusprussurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Welcome back to The Buff Show, heading into the final segment, and we have some unique perspective for you guys. I'm going to bring on a special guest for the first time to The Buff Show, so I'd like to welcome Salim Rahim Tula to The Buff Show from Power Tap Hydrogen. Salim, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm really glad you were available because... When we were energy independent just a few months ago, <laughs> and we were doing very well as a country with $1.88 a gallon gas, and then here comes the Democrats, right? And so all the time, just like we had 10 years ago, it's always the same result. And so we have to look at other solutions besides getting back to energy independence because we know we can do it, but it's just not about um, fossil fuels anymore. Salim, you're with PowerTrap, and you've had a uh, hydrogen solution that's been seeming to work pretty darn well. So let's talk about that and how this might be able to help our economy and help our pocketbooks here in America. Sure. So yeah, yeah. PowerTap, uh, we have an on-site hydrogen refueling solution that takes natural gas, which we've got, got a lot of, uh, and converts it to hydrogen, capturing the carbon dioxide on the other side, and uh, having that as an offtake as well, food-grade uh, carbon dioxide. And the beauty is that we're taking natural gas, which we have, again, lots of here uh, on the continent. Um, and uh, we, you know, we, we're also blending it with renewable natural gas, which means you know, capturing all, of, all the uh, stuff that comes from from landfills and uh, dairy farms and bringing that into the system. So what's your, um, what's the pushback that you're getting from this? How come we're not hearing about this more and more? You know, I think um, hydrogen's just, it's a solution that's getting a lot of traction now. And honestly, it's because of this whole push towards, uh, you know, (laughs) climate change solutions because everyone's going to zero carbon. And the fact is, this hydrogen solution that we're bringing is a zero to low carbon to zero carbon, negative carbon solution um, that uh, is, uh, is beneficial for that, but it does take advantage of existing resources we have right here on our shores. I just, I've heard people complain about um, natural gas and I don't understand what the beef is with natural gas because a it's natural and B it could be effective <laughs> so it's just the same same stuff you hear about fossil fuels and fracking and all that stuff but you're saying it's different because there's a 0.1 carbon output and uh, is this used this is I read a report on Yahoo that you were on that says this is being used at power uh, stations for semi trucks is that correct? 
it will be so as hydrogen trucks come out and they're expected to come out in pretty strong ways starting in 2023 um then uh, our hydrogen solution our on-site hydrogen production solution will be really important to get that on track right so i mean i don't know if that answers your question they don't exist now but they will because we can scale up to meet the truck requirement. Okay. Let's compare hydrogen to like electric and fossil fuels. What do you guys have with just regular vehicles right now? Uh, we have a station near uh, Los Angeles International Airport. It's a clean energy station where there's a hydrogen unit there. It And it, again, takes natural gas, produces hydrogen, and we're able to put it into cars. Um uh, so it's our technology that happens to be used there. We are rolling out our hydrogen refueling stations on Andretti-owned stations in Northern California and Oregon with a deal we have with the Andretti Group, you know, Michael and Mario Andretti racing fame. Uh, and uh, and so that's that's how our stations are getting put out there right now in California. So how does... How does this relate to fuel costs and what can you see as a um, solution to the dramatic rise in oil immediately? Yeah. So immediately there's not going to be anything that, because we can't move that fast, but right. you know, yeah, just know that natural gas prices and fuel prices are going to continue to go up and down and up and down when they go up, then certainly it's a benefit. But I mean, I think, uh, the key thing you need to know about is what's the gallon of gas equivalent for hydrogen, right? In the current environment, and you know, there's so many parameters that go into it, but, you know, you look at the gas mileage, you look at the uh, volume of the tank in a gas vehicle, you look at the range. In general, if you look at just those three factors, 400 miles, uh, 20 to 25 miles per gallon, 16-gallon uh, tank, say then if you took those parameters, then roughly it would be about $12 per kilogram of hydrogen because it takes about five kilograms of hydrogen to put into a fuel cell vehicle to go about 400 miles. So right now the price is in the range of about $16 per gallon, kilogram per kilogram rather. And remember that $12 is the sweet spot there, but we're producing our hydrogen at $3 per kilogram. $3. I mean, that's a dramatic decrease. So, right. and you got big backers. Talk about the investments on this because you mentioned Andretti. There's people out there that seriously believe that this could be a big part of our future. And that would be a huge savings to the American people. It would be. You know, I realize $3 per kilogram is our cost. We got to make some money on that too, right? So, well, I uh, understand so, that, but, but that's see, still. <laughs> it's going to be bringing it down quite a bit, right? I guess that's your point. Um, yeah, I mean, we we are on our parent company is a Canadian company that's on the Neo in Canada. That's a that's a public uh, stock exchange in Canada, and um, and you know we we are looking at um, getting on the Nasdaq. Hopefully, by the end of the year, we put in our application, and um, that's going to attract a lot of investment, which is which is necessary to get this thing going. Yeah, absolutely. So a Canadian back company and then Andretti the racer, right? Yeah, right. Mario and uh, Michael Andretti racing thing type guys. And in fact, we are uh, we sponsored a uh, Indy Lights vehicle this year and actually for the next few years. 
So this is very exciting. And so if people wanted to find out more information about what you guys do, um, are you guys hiring? Because I know this is a market that might be growing pretty fast. It, we will definitely be hiring. We're going to have project managers. We're going to have maintenance technicians. And it's it's going to be explosive. Absolutely. Uh, PowerTapFuels.com is uh, the first place to look. And then um, keep an eye out as we grow and, uh, you know, we'll be having to figure out how to train people in our technology and then uh, we, we need help in getting it out. Yeah, absolutely. I want everybody to check it out. You said PowerTapFuels.com, right? That's right. What's your competition like in this space? So competition's interesting, right? Currently, the way that hydrogen is delivered for cars is it's produced in a central station somewhere, big, huge steam methane reformer. And then the hydrogen is tube trucked out to the different stations. That's the way the current market is set up. So on-site hydrogen production and dispensing does not exist. Wow. So I not to say that there won't be competitors in the future, but right now we're the only ones that are doing it on a, in a small footprint about under, you know, under 2000 square feet in a, in an existing fuel station. No one else is doing that. And where are you guys? You're, you're based in uh, California? In California. Yeah, that's right. Well, I like on the website, you talk about the production alternatives um, versus natural gas, electric and renewable natural gas. I mean, there's just so many things that looks like this would be a long term uh, solution when you have these low charging times and that you have more inexpensive uh, credits offered by manufacturers that can come down just like the solar credits we've seen before. The credits coming down out of the government actually could be a huge savings as well. Oh, it's what makes it's you know there's a chicken and egg thing. You need the fueling infrastructure, you need the cars, but the cars won't come out until you have the fueling infrastructure, and the fueling infrastructure won't come out until you have the cars. So what happens here is that the credits enable us to go ahead and put those that infrastructure out there before the cars, and then as soon as the the hydrogen uh, fuel cell manufacturers, we're talking Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, uh, uh, and there are others, BMW, Land Rover, they're all sort of testing this whole stuff. And the, the three models out there right now, uh, again, I mentioned them before, Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, um, they're going to see this and they're going to start putting their cars on. And of course, we're working together with them uh, in such organizations as the California Hydrogen Business Council, and we're getting we're getting movement on this. So we're solving that chicken and egg problem in the state of California. They're solving that problem. Right. So, well, this is fantastic information. Salim, I really appreciate you coming on the show and it looks like a fun uh, company to keep track of and get in on that investment. Maybe (laughs) sounds like a good plan. Absolutely. I'm not going to say no to that. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding at all. Everybody check it out. There's a lot of information that you can find on powertapfuels.com. We got to find other solutions too, because this, the fuel is one of the biggest issues on people's mind right now. So these are great, great options. Salim, thank you so much. Matt, thank you. 
Okay, and that'll do it for the Tuesday edition of the Buff Show. We enjoyed having you guys with us with a lot of great information. We'll see you next time. You guys stay smart out there. I'm a gun-toking patriot, God-fearing patriot. Pricing why they mad, cause I'm real and they be faking it. Free speech advocate, it's on my mind, I'm saying it. I'm about to buy another gun and ain't nobody taking it. Gun-toking, Bible-reading, God-believing, truth-speaking, American. This magazine's in Democrat.